what is right and just and fair, forgiving prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. <clears throat> so I have I've preached nearly 400 sermons here at Creston Church. Um, and uh, I've tried to preach in those 400 sermons from every part of the Bible. Um, at Creston, we try not to like pick and choose just like our favorite verses or like our favorite topics. Um, but we believe, this is something that Paul says in the New Testament, he says uh, that all Scripture is, he calls it, God-breathed. All Scripture is God-breathed. And what that means um, is we believe God is trying to speak to us uh, through the whole Bible. And, and just as everybody here is a little bit different, we've all got kind of different learning styles and, and different ways that we think, um, so too the Bible kind of takes that into account. And the Bible tells the story of God uh, in all these different ways. So the Bible has like poems in it and songs and it has histories and it has lots of stories and it has letters and it has prayers. And, and we've talked about all of those things over these 400 or so sermons. But there is one part of the Bible that I have been studiously avoiding um, all these years, and it's wisdom literature. It's books like Proverbs that we started reading this morning. And uh, personally, I blame Dave Ramsey for this. Um, do you all know Dave Ramsey from like the, uh, the radio show and the billboards and the financial advice? Uh, Dave Ramsey comes to Van Andel Arena probably, I don't know, every couple of years or so uh, to do his live show. And, uh, and you pay like $200 so that you can hear him tell you in person that you never should have given him $200. You should have used that $200 to pay off some debt. Um, but anyway, uh, Lauren and I, we took the class, not the, not the live one, but just like videos in a church somewhere, um, right after we got married. And uh, I knew almost nothing about money and financial stuff. And because of that class, I know a lot more now. Uh, Dave Ramsey's a good teacher. Uh, he takes all this kind of complicated money stuff uh, about, you know, compound interest and credit card debt, and, and he just he makes it memorable and straightforward. And he's kind of got, got his three, you know, easy rules for this, and he's got his five baby steps for that. Um, he has a good way of explaining things. But there's this one thing that he does all the time that drives me crazy. Um, so I was in seminary when I was taking this class, you know, studying the Bible like all the time. Um, and Dave Ramsey likes to kind of back up his financial advice with quotes from the Bible. And like nine times out of ten, the quote is a proverb. Um, and every time he would do it, I would just cringe. Um, like his financial advice was like it wasn't perfect, but like it's not bad. But I hated the way he used the Bible. Um, he would pull some random proverb out of like who knows where, without any other context, and just like drop it in to his lesson as like God's word about tax deferred investment vehicles, right? And and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking like, 
No, like it's not that simple. Like that proverb is not talking about tax-deferred investment vehicles, right? But, but that is usually how I hear proverbs brought up. Like it, it feels like they're usually brought up like at random, as like God's final word on some random topic. Uh, so Ramsey, like he he quotes Proverbs thirteen twenty-two. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Okay. I think the point is that inheritance is nice. Um, and in Proverbs 22.7, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. So it's like, okay, borrowing money can be a problem. But then, like, if you think about it, like, for like 10 seconds, you'll realize, well, it's, well, it's kind of more complicated than that. Like, sometimes a person gets an inheritance, and it totally messes up their life, right? Like, we hear those stories a lot. Or the Bible also has lots of warnings about saving too much money. Or, like, the other one, like, okay, borrowing money maybe makes you a slave, but, like, in this country, borrowing money is pretty much the only way you're ever going to own a home or start a business. Oh, and then the rest of the Bible is full of all these promises and blessings for poor people. Like being poor is considered like kind of a good thing in other parts of the Bible. So Ramsey's just like dropping these Proverbs into situations and you're like, okay, kind of. But to me, it can feel simplistic. And actually, that simplicity, it's not just Dave Ramsey's fault. Simplicity is kind of the the nature of the Proverbs in the Bible. Like like the Proverbs, they're coming from like a pretty like black and white worldview. So if you look at Proverbs 10, verse 3, uh, the Lord does not let the righteous go hungry, but he thwarts the cravings of the wicked. Or Proverbs 10, 27, the fear of the Lord adds length to life, but the years of the wicked are cut short. So you notice it's very black and white. Um, there's wise people, there's foolish people. Uh, wise people do well, foolish people fail. Uh, good people have good things happen to them. Bad people have bad things happen to them. And, and I think for me, the, the problem I have with all this is I get suspicious whenever things are as simple as this, right? Like, I'll meet with one of you, like a pastoral care situation, and you're sharing with me about some issue you're dealing with in your life. So it's a relationship issue or a family issue or a money issue, whatever. In my experience, your issues are, like, never simple. Um, If they were simple, you probably wouldn't be talking to me about it. Um, so let's say you come to me and, and you've got this conflict with your sister. So your sister's telling you to do this one thing, and then you've got um, your boss is trying to get you to do like, another thing. And then meanwhile, like, you've got this other issue like, with your kid that you're trying to figure out. And so you come to me and you're like, Pastor, what do you think I should do about all this? And then I quote Proverbs 13.20. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. And you'd be like, seriously? Like, that's, that's what you got? Like, were you even paying attention to what I was saying? See, like, you and I know that the world is complicated. 
And so when we hear someone quoting a simple proverb in this complicated world, we usually don't think like, oh, that person is so wise. right? We usually think like, oh, that guy just doesn't get it. A world as complicated as ours cannot be reduced to like cute little sayings. And I think as a consequence of this, what we do is we tend to ignore the wisdom part of the Bible. And when people like Dave Ramsey or whatever bring it up, we kind of roll our eyes and tune them out. We're like, you guys just don't get it. But of course, here we are at the beginning of a series of messages on wisdom. Um, I blame our intern, Chad. I think this was his idea to do this series. Um, But here we are. Talking about Proverbs, we're stuck, at least for a while. Um, And of course, not just any Proverbs, but we made this point earlier. God-breathed Proverbs. So I've been forced to kind of wonder if maybe I've been missing something. Because it's true that, that individual Proverbs can be oversimplifications. And it's true that like if you're like picking and choosing just one proverb to like help you make some big decision in your life, it probably won't go well. But I wonder, I want you to hang with me here, okay? I wonder if our real problem is that we go to books like Proverbs looking for Proverbs when what the book of Proverbs is trying to give us is not Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is trying to give us wisdom. So the book of Proverbs is 31 chapters long. Uh, But those sayings that we think of as Proverbs, they're really just in the second half. Okay, But the first nine chapters or so are really more like a dialogue, not about individual Proverbs, but they're a dialogue about what exactly is wisdom. And one of the first things you find out about wisdom from Proverbs is that wisdom is something that is woven into the fabric of the universe. Like there's order to the universe we live in. There's design. There's a logic that's baked into it by the Creator. So you see this in chapter 8. Wisdom is like a character who's speaking in the book of Proverbs, and, and she's speaking, it's, it's almost always a woman, and she says that, that she was there when God created the world. So verse 24 of chapter 8, when God gave birth to oceans, or when He established the mountains, or verse 27, when, when the heavens were set in place, or when the clouds were established above, wisdom was there. Chapter 8, verse 30 says, uh, in chapter 8, verse 30, wisdom says, Um, I was the craftsman at God's side. And I think the point there is that wise people are people who recognize the order that's created into the universe. Like they kind of see the logic. Like wise people are people who are attentive to, I'm going to say it, to this force woven into the universe from creation. Like, they see the design. They see the way things are supposed to be, and then they live according to that. They avoid things that go against the design, and then they embrace things that follow the design. So I found this fascinating this week. 
Um, the Hebrew word for wisdom is chokmah. Everybody say chokmah. Chokmah. All right. Um, do you want to guess the first time that word is used in the Bible? It's, it's an exodus. Second book of the Bible. Chapters 28 and 30. Okay. And it's used to describe artists. Um, artists, artists have chokmah. So people making clothes in chapter 28 and people making things out of metal and stone, like for the temple basically, they have chokmah. And the idea is these artists are people who work like with that original design. Like they, they work with the grain of the universe. When they create something that's beautiful, it is because they have tapped into this force that's, that's been present from creation that kind of holds everything together. And so there's this sense in, in Proverbs that the world has been created with a grain to it. You know, like how a piece of wood has grain to it. And, and like you can work with the grain or against the grain. But the wise person recognizes the grain. And I think this is true whether, whether you admit it or not. So like if we look at Proverbs 11.28, uh, whoever trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will thrive like a green leaf. Now, immediately I read that proverb and my mind goes to the exceptions to this. Right? So I think about people who trusted in their riches and seemed to do just fine, really. Um, or, or people who lived upright lives that ended up suffering a lot for it. And, and my temptation when I see those exceptions, I, I'm like, I just want to throw it out. Like I, I'm cynical. But if you look at it again, like, that proverb might not be true all the time, but that proverb basically seems right to me. Um, I mean, on the whole, most of the time, in my experience, people who are putting their trust in their riches end up disappointed. Um, they're not content people. Uh, they never have enough. A lot of the rich people I know are pretty miserable. Uh, meanwhile, uh, people who live right, who live for others, who don't cut corners, people who live right, in my experience, seem to be like more alive, regardless of how much money they have. See, I think, I think my generation especially is skeptical of uh, the wisdom stuff because we think it's simplistic, right? And, then, and we've... We've grown up in this world, and it's a lot more diverse and interconnected, and there's all these other things going on. And so we're just, we're just generally suspicious of a simple answer. We, we just notice the exceptions, right? We latch on to, these, to every counterexample. But I think what we neglect is something that I realized as I was just reading through the book of Proverbs this past week. What we neglect is that Proverbs is usually right. What we neglect is that this world, even though there is chaos in it, this world is not just chaos. I mean, there are exceptions, but the exceptions, as they say, often prove the rule, right? And even though sometimes people are nasty and foolish and they do well, that doesn't mean there's not still like a deeper grain to the universe, right? The, the book of Proverbs is daring to claim that this world has meaning and order, 
designed into it by its creator. That, that it is objectively better to follow that design, to do good and to be wise and to trust God than to be nasty and foolish and to live for yourself. Proverbs dares to tell us that it is better to live with the grain than against it. It's better to live in harmony with God's design than to just toss it all out because you thought of a counterexample. So, while any one proverb may seem simplistic, I think we ignore the deeper wisdom that the Proverbs are pointing to at our peril. Which brings me to the next way that Proverbs talks about wisdom. And that is, Proverbs talks about wisdom not as this collection of sayings you need to memorize. But Proverbs talks about wisdom as a person you need to get to know. And even a person you need to to fall in love with. So if you look at chapter 1, verse 20, Wisdom calls aloud in the street. She raises her voice. Or 8 verse 1, does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? Or 9 verse 3, she calls from the highest point of the city. So Proverbs depicts wisdom as a person. She's calling. She's inviting. She's saying, come come near. Get to know me. Wisdom is a person you need to get to know. Not like a list you need to memorize. And I think this is maybe clearest at the end of the book. So there's this kind of famous section of Proverbs at the end. Chapter 31, verse 10. Um, And and this section is sometimes referred to as uh, the song to the wife of noble character. People read it at Mother's Day. And um, it describes a very nice, uh, if mostly conventional wife. She's, She's handy and thoughtful. She works hard. She makes good decisions. She's generous. She makes her husband look good. And this is all a fine way to describe a wife, or a husband or a friend, as far as I can tell. Um, But most scholars will tell you, what that song is really describing is not like a checklist for your future spouse. Like, oh, my girlfriend's just not very good at selecting wool and flax. You know, I guess she's disqualified, right? It's not like that. These verses, they're not a checklist for a good wife. These verses are describing wisdom herself. So almost every line to describe this wife is in some ways recycled from earlier in the book where it was describing wisdom. So they're taking all that stuff about wisdom and putting it together personified in a wife. And what scholars will tell you is that this is a way of saying we ought to seek after wisdom not as a student sort of crams information for a test. It's like, oh, What was the wise answer to that thing? No. We ought to seek after wisdom as a good husband loves and gets to know and appreciates his wife. Which I think means wisdom takes time and it takes effort. It means you got to pay attention. you got to listen. It's not like you figure her out and then you move on. Right? You figure one thing out about her, and you're so delighted you want to go deeper. You want to know her more. And see, when, when we begin to see wisdom, not as like this list to be memorized, 
But as a person, I think something cool happens, especially for Christians. So uh, there's this set of sayings near the end of Proverbs. It's chapter 30. The sayings of Augur, son of Jackay. Love that guy, right? He's, and he's bummed. He's bummed that he doesn't know everything that he needs to know. He feels like a fool. He says, you know, I'm the most ignorant of men. I, I do not have understanding. I've not learned wisdom, nor have I knowledge of the Holy One. Who has gone up to heaven and come down? Who has gathered up the wind in the hollow of his hands? Who has wrapped up the waters in his cloak? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name and the name of his son? Tell me if you know. Now, Augur's asking rhetorical questions here. Um, and he's, he's trying to, to figure out, like, who can we really look to to find wisdom? And he's about to say, we should read the Bible to find out, which is true. But Christians, I think, have an even better answer to those questions. Like verse 4, who has gone up to heaven and come down? It's Jesus. And that's what we say about Jesus. right? Or verse 5, who was present at the creation of the world? Who established the ends of the earth? Read John chapter 1 sometime. It's the Son of God. If you want to grow in wisdom, if you want to live with the grain of the universe. The Bible says, get to know the guy who's been there from the beginning. If you want to be wise, you have to get to know God's Son. You have to get to know Jesus. There's a verse in the New Testament where uh, this guy Paul says that Jesus Christ has become the very wisdom of God. He's... The idea is he's, he's like wisdom in the flesh. Uh, Jesus' way of living, his way of uh, relating is wisdom. If you want to grow in wisdom, if you want to live with the grain of the universe, studying the sayings of Proverbs probably won't hurt, but if you really want to live with the grain of the universe, that good and beautiful life, get to know Jesus. He is wisdom. He's the one calling in the street, raising His voice from the highest point. He is calling you. Come to Me. Follow Me. Fit your life to My pattern. I will not lead you astray. Let's pray together. Lord, by Your Spirit, introduce us to Your Son that we might grow in wisdom, that we might live with the grain of this universe, the good and beautiful life that you intended. Lord, we pray that where we are foolish, you would open our eyes and correct us and lead us in the way of truth and goodness. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.